Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Dr. Anonymous Show 196. That's right, we're getting closer to 200 shows here on Blog Talk Radio. My guest will be the author of the blog, The Mind of Friggin' Ben. You can get there by going to friggin'ben.blogspot.com. Ben has been a longtime friend of the show, and we've discussed this in the past on this show as well. His journey on his way to his weight loss surgery. Ben did have his surgery a few weeks ago, and tonight he will be coming on this show to give you the inside scoop on what it's like to be on that journey. We'll also be talking about our huge New Year's Eve show that uh, Ben and I will be (laughs) co-hosting. So we'll talk about that and a lot more coming up on the Dr. Anonymous show starting right now. show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Dr. Anonymous show live on a Thursday night here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Mike Savella and how many magazine covers do you have? (laughs) We'll get to that. I am Dr. Anonymous. To find out more information about me, just type Dr. Anonymous, into your favorite search engine. I should be the top link over there. You can also go to DrAnonymous.com, where you have some blog posts and some TV interviews, and you can also subscribe to the blog over there. You can also go to DrAnonymous.net. Shout out to all 298 people who like the show or who are fans of the show, almost reaching 300 people over there. Thank you so much for that. Also, some exclusive behind-the-scenes video of me doing this show. You can also go to DrAnonymous.org. That brings you to the iTunes page where you can subscribe to this show. Very exciting. You can also listen in real time to this show on your iPhone, BlackBerry, Palm Pre, Droid, Windows 7 phone, Samsung Galaxy Tab. That's right. I, I I pay attention to some of that some of that stuff. Just direct your mobile browser to blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Anonymous. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2010. It is 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And the temperature here at Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters is 17 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Coming up in a little bit will be the man that they call friggin' Ben. He lives a couple of hours or so from Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters. And we did have a meetup this past summer. Great time. Plus, he was the uh, co-host on my very first New Year's Eve show last year, and we'll be repeating that coming up in a few weeks. We'll get into that during the course of the interview as well. But before all that, I do want to uh, get into things, and I wanted to update uh, everybody in the world of Dr. Anonymous over the past 10 days or so, because I've had a lot of uh, press coverage that I wanted to share with all of you, if you haven't heard already. About 10 days ago, I was on the Radio Rounds program, episode 416, and their website is radiorounds.org. It is a show slash program slash podcast created, produced, and directed by medical students. That was very exciting to do that. And fast-forwarding all the way to this week, I was interviewed by the Cranes Cleveland Business News Site, and their website is cranescleveland.com. And uh, the bad thing about that is the interview is uh, for subscribers only, and they've told me that they will uh, release it behind from behind their subscription page. Maybe in a couple of weeks when that happens, I'll make it available on DrAnonymous.com. Talked about uh, physicians and social media. And just today, this morning, I was uh, interviewed uh, on the Echo Radio Network from Albany, New York. And their uh, website is uh, echoradionetwork.com. And uh, I was talking to them about uh, technology ailments like uh, BlackBerry Thumb and Cell Phone Elbow and all that kind of stuff. And I'll put that uh, interview up on doctrinonymous.com as well. And... Uh, um, so after that, I went to lunch, and for those of you who follow my Twitter, I'm Dr. Anonymous on Twitter. Uh, you see I was randomly tweeting throughout the um, afternoon, and then I got a, a Facebook message from my good friend in uh, Kansas, Dr. Deb Clements, and uh, she put on my Facebook page, you're a cover star. Did you see the latest medical economics magazine congratulations and i went to the medical economic site and uh, saw that i was on the cover of their december 3rd issue talking about uh, medicine and social media very excited about that they interviewed me about a month ago and i do want to thank uh, morgan lewis who was the senior editor over there who interviewed me and i also want to give a big shout out to uh uh, Chris Holly Starling, who was the uh, photographer uh, that came to my office to take all of those very cool pictures. Uh, um, her company is called Illuminate Inc. And uh, check out her website over there, uh, chsphoto.com, 
And uh, she's in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. And uh, for anybody in the northeastern Ohio area, very much uh, recommend her because she takes great photos, as you can see from the medical economics article. And uh, I think it was a lot because of her that I ended up on the cover because she had all these great ideas about uh, what kind of pictures to take. So uh, shout out to her. Thank you for that. And, you know, all of this stuff, all of this press coverage, all of this people that want to talk to me about physicians and social media, none of that would have happened with, without all of you out there continuing to support my blog, to support the website, to support the, the podcast, and all of the projects that I do. I want to give a big shout out to all of you. Thank you for continuing uh, to support me. Um, I very much appreciate it. Now, before we get to Ben, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring the show again here this evening. For those of you who are new to the show, I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005, and Dr. Anonymous is the name I started blogging under, but as you know, I'm no longer anonymous. Most people don't even know my, about my real name, they just know me as Dr. A. <laughs> but I guess I keep using the Dr. Anonymous name to represent all of those doctors out there who are not on social me- media but need to be. And if you're curious, yes, I am a family physician. I'm a real doctor here in full-time private practice here in beautiful but cold northeastern Ohio. And if you're listening live, you can see my shining face here on the webcam here this evening. If you're new to the show, just go to the top of the chat room box and click on the webcam icon, and you can see my hat that I am wearing for the show here this evening. <laughs> so before we go to the break, I did have a pretty extended uh, initial segment here, so but uh, I do want to uh, cover some things here at the beginning of the show. I want to give, give a big shout-out to people in my chat room. Before we go to the break, we do have our guest, uh, Friggin' Ben, in the chat room. We also have a guest, 8496. Thank you for joining us. Uh, If you register here at the Block Talk Radio site, you'll be able to type in the chat room and make fun of me like the rest of these people will here during the course of the show. (laughs) Also, our good friend J-Man is in there from the I'm With Stupid show. uh, Their show is coming up uh, at 11 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, Peggy Kay, who just uh, finished her semester in classes and did very well in her classes here this semester. Congratulations on that. And PK did let me know that there are some problems getting into the chat room here this evening. So if you are out there and trying to get into the Blog Talk Radio chat room, be patient. You'll get in here as soon as possible. But I know you're out there. So I will uh, take my break here. Uh, You're listening to the Dr. Anonymous Show, a member of the uh, Family Medicine Education Consortium. You can get there by going to fmec.net. Also a member of the Better Health Network at getbetterhealth.com. And also a member of the ProMed Network, a podcast. You can get there by going to promednetwork.com. Coming up right after this short break will be friggin' Ben. Don't go anywhere. Hey, 
That's right. Lowering your blood pressure one point at a time. This is the Dr. Anonymous show live on a Thursday night on the line with us. Uh, right now is my good friend, the author of the blog, The Mind of Friggin' Ben. Ben, welcome back to the show there, my friend. Thank you, Dr. A. How are you tonight? I am doing well. I am doing well. So before we get started here, I, I just wanted to ask you, so do you think we did enough uh, shameless self-promotion for tonight's show? I, I think we would have made the queue proud. <laughs> I hear you there, my friend. <laughs> uh, so so how are you feeling? How are you doing? Uh, how, how's, how's your week going uh, so far here? Uh, it, it's going pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good Uh I'm about uh, well, almost five weeks now past surgery, and uh, the, the first couple of weeks uh, have been a little bit rough, but uh, as, as I progress along, it gets a little bit better every week, but all in all, I'm feeling good. I can, I've can, lost some weight, and I can feel it in my knees and my back, and I can definitely tell a difference. Great, great. Well, let's kind of get into this. Let's kind of like go... Uh, you know, go backwards here a little bit, and because uh, I know we, we've we've shared parts of your story here on this show here uh, before, uh, but uh, why don't we just kind of go back a little bit as far as you know, w- w- when did you first start kind of uh, researching this or looking into you know uh, the possibility of uh, weight loss surgery? Well, uh, as most of the listeners know that. that know me from from the woodshed and from Lamahe. I've been a heavy guy and uh, I've been you know overweight for a number of years. Uh, I actually probably the the biggest percentage of my life. And uh, unfortunately, as I go along in life, I I just kind of gained more weight as we went along. So obviously, I, I started out as a teenager that was overweight, and uh, as I progressed through my adult life, and of course, I'm I'm only 34. I'll be 35 in January. I I just seem to get heavier and heavier every year. Throughout the course of my life, I've tried numerous diets and, and different weight loss methods and things to, to try to lose the weight, unsuccessfully, of course. Um, so it wasn't until about uh, probably about two years ago, maybe even a year and a half ago or so, um, that I started to look into some some other methods to, to try to take the weight off. And uh, I began to research, uh, you know, the different the weight loss surgeries. You know, they've got the lap band surgery and then, of course, the uh, gastric bypass surgery, which is uh, actually the surgery that I elected to, to go with. Uh, I, I researched it, and, of course, through, through trials and errors with insurance companies and, of course, the pre-existing conditions and things like that, uh, that that's that's where my, my journey began about a year and a half to two years ago. Um, and uh, when you were at your heaviest, uh, what what was your weight? And uh, uh, I guess before you started exploring this, what kind of things were you trying uh, for weight loss before that? Because I know I have a lot of patients, you know, um, you know that they explore a lot of different options before they think about surgery. What kind of stuff were you were you doing, or were you eating, or were you not eating before even thinking about surgery? Well, one one of the very first things I ever tried was uh, Weight Watchers because uh, when I was younger, my mom was was heavy. She got she would got up to about 180 pounds, and her her normal weight, I guess, for for her height and such, is supposed to be right around 120, 125 pounds. Now, um, she, she's not at that now, but 
Uh, she, she's definitely nowhere near 180 pounds. And uh, fortunately for her, the Weight Watchers seemed to, to work for her, and uh, she was very successful at it. Unfortunately, it, it didn't work out too good for me. And uh, I, I tried other things like, you know, the Hodgkin and the Atkins diet and, uh, you know, the different things like that, the various different diets. And what one one thing that I had tried to do that my dad had suggested, which seemed to work for him, was a, a, a diet called the South Beach diet, which really isn't too much different than kind of the, the nutrition and the diet that they have me on now. It, it's kind of, you know, high in, high in protein and, you know, really, really low in carbs and things like that. And uh, unfortunately, the... With anybody that struggles with with weight problems, knows that you know you do for a diet, you go for a diet, and you know you're you're real motivated for a while, and then as you kind of progress along, you kind of lose your motivation, and it just it, you just kind of lose your track somewhere. And then anybody that knows that, that you know that is heavy, you, you tend to gain all that weight back that you may have lost on that diet. And uh, nine times out of ten, a lot you gain more weight back than than what you originally had. So. <laughs> All, all these different diets and, and different things that I tried just seemed to kind of to make it worse in the long run. So, did you have a lot of kind of uh, you know weight variation? I mean, would I mean would you lose like twenty plus pounds and then gain it all back, or or when you tried these diets, you really didn't lose that much? Um, it just kind of depends. Some some diets were better than others. Um, like that South Beach diet that I did for a little bit, I probably lost about 30 pounds, but in the long run, I think ended up gaining 50 pounds back after it was all said and done. And uh, b- before this whole process began, I was at my highest weight of 375 pounds. So that, that's actually the highest that I've been and, and really the highest that I've been in, in my entire life. Mhm, mhm. And uh, so, would would it vary how long you would try these diets for? Would it be for a couple of months, or even as long as six months, or did it really depend on what diet it was? Um, you know, I I, I tried to stick them out as long as I could, you know, but it, it's really hard, you know. Once you get to a certain weight, I mean, I I just don't think, you know. People that are more physically fit, I, I just think that they, in my personal opinion, they, they kind of look down their nose at you and, you know, just kind of call you lazy and stuff like that. But once you reach a certain point, it's actually very difficult, you know, to actually exercise and, and get out there and do the things that you need to do, um, especially at my highest weight of 375 pounds. Just um, for, for my personal experience, if I were just to go to, like, Walmart and, and walk to the back of the store, the weight from my, you know, from my belly and my stomach, you know, pulling down on the front of me would, would make my back hurt excruciatingly. Um, but by the time I'd get to the back of the store. And then, of course, uh, I was originally diagnosed with uh, degenerative arthritis in my feet um, by a doctor prior to the surgery. And uh, I, I thought I had degenerative arthritis there for a while because it would flare up, you know, when the weather would change and things like that or and uh, come to find out now, I, I guess I've got gout in those feet. And it, it's still, I mean, it's still a form of arthritis, and it, it flares up. Um, but I, from what I understand, after doing a little bit of more research on that, it kind of flares up more so from diet-related things and, you know, things like that more so than, I believe, the weather. I guess it's maybe perhaps just coincidental <laughs> that the weather triggers it, perhaps. But uh, with, just with the gout, I guess, you know, and, and making my feet so painful, it, it, it's hard to walk. It's hard to even, you know, get around and things like that. And that's even now. 
so, you know, with the diet and then, of course, the exercise, it's very difficult to exercise once you get, get so heavy because it's it's such a burden on your body. And, and I, would, I would imagine that, uh, you know, it was, you know, probably, you know, affecting you mentally as well as far as being frustrated or, you know, maybe even not even wanting to go out of the house uh, because you know you were going to be, you know, aching and in pain and that type of thing, I presume. It did. You know, I, I didn't do very much, you know, active stuff. Um, I'm, you know, even now I'm still a little bit limited, although it, it's it's getting better as I go. But um, I'm, I was pretty much limited to, you know, going to a movie because really, you know, walking into a movie theater and sitting down, that really does require a lot of work. But, you know, if somebody would, would, you know, kind of invite me out to go bowling or something like that, I just kind of would shy away from it because I know, you know, I, I could probably bowl for a little while, but once I get to a certain point, it would it would actually start taking a toll on my back, and I, it it would be painful. So, um, for, for you know things like that, and it also you know I, I'm a big sports fan, and uh, you know the, just the thought of walking you know from a parking lot into you know any type of a stadium to, to my feet, you know, would just make me cringe because of you know, how far I would have to walk just to get to the seat, and you know. I didn't do too much of that stuff. And it wasn't just until recently, you know, after the surgery, I actually went to the Ohio State-Michigan game. And um, we, we did things to minimize how far I had to walk, but still there was some walking involved. And, you know, with the weight weight that I've lost up to this point, it actually, I, I could definitely tell a difference. And I'm actually, for the first time in a real long time, starting to be able to feel good about being able to get out and do things. Um, on the line with us, with us uh, we have uh, Fergan Ben, uh, author of the blog uh, The Mind of Fergan Ben, ferganben.blogspot.com. Uh, com. And uh, so Ben, let's let's kind of get into this as far as these specific uh, procedures here. So you mentioned the the lap band, and you mentioned the uh, gastric bypass. Um, can you kind of you know outline you know um, you know what your understanding is of those, and and kind of you know. Um, how you came to choose one over the other? Well, it wasn't until I actually went to a seminar with with the doctor um, who actually performed my surgery that that I had set my mind on which surgery I was going to do. I was kind of against the lap band from the beginning because it it just seemed like it wasn't more of a, I guess for lack of a better term, it wasn't kind of like a permanent solution, if you will. Um, Whereas the, the gastric bypass is more of a, you know, a kind of a, you're, it, it's done and over with, and if you really screw it up, then you you really have to go out of your way to screw it up. Uh, but after attending the seminar, basically the the lap band is they go in and put a, a band around your stomach, and uh, then they kind of they tighten it to a you know a specific pressure, which which is interesting because they they actually have something attached to the inside abdominal wall of your stomach. And uh, they actually um, have to insert liquid or take out liquid to kind of adjust that. And that that was, for starters, one of the things that kind of turned me off to that because that, that just seems like kind of a hassle. You know, you have to go in uh, periodically and either have them take out some of the liquid to loosen the, the band or they either have to, you know, increase the fluid to tighten the band. And then, uh, unfortunately, that they're you know, if, once you get down to a certain weight, um, if you become kind of more active in sports or if you, you know, start running or jogging or, you know, even walking, the band can slip 
And then if the band slips, you actually have to get go back into surgery so that they can readjust the band. So, you know, just, just those types of facts and information with regards to that surgery alone kind of turned me off to it because it seems a little bit more intrusive um, because, you know, if you, if you have some complications and, you know, you got to go in and have it adjusted, it just seems like that that's, that's a little bit too much of a hassle for something that, that they can go in and, um, and do the surgery, which is, I did, which is the Roux-en-Y gastric bypass, which um, basically what they did was they uh, used a robot and uh, made four small incisions on my on my belly and uh, went in and, and actually um, removed about 95% of my stomach and made it uh, about the size of a golf ball. And uh, in the process, they, they completely, for lack of a better term, rewired uh, the intestines so that... Uh, any food that enters the stomach would then flow into the uh, larger intestine and, and pretty much bypass the small intestine altogether. Um, so uh, while that sounds a little crazy to some people, um, basically it, the, what it does is it, it, it just basically speeds up your digestive process and makes it so that the things that you eat, which, of course, with the stomach being the size of a golf ball, it could be very much to begin with, but the things that you do eat, actually flow through, you know, the system considerably faster than they did before. And, you know, you, you still get your nutrients and things out of it, but they, they enter the system a lot quicker than they did before. And unfortunately, you have to have a special diet now, as a, you know, as a result of that, because with, with things flowing through faster, the bad things can flow through and, and, and have negative effects. But... Uh, pretty much that, that, those were the, the deciding things that made me decide why I wanted to have the specific surgery because it, it's more of a permanent solution. And, uh, you know, it, it, unless I do something really stupid somewhere along the way, um, that there really ain't no way to, to really screw it up. Now, I, I have heard stories <laughs> of people going back the way they were after having it done, but uh, a lot of folks that, that have had it done, I, I know three or four people, and they seem to be doing pretty good with it, you know, four or five years out even. So, um, so yeah, so the, so the lap band basically, um, just to kind of summarize, is that it, it kind of, it's a reversible type of thing, um, if people don't know about that. And, and, and you can physically make your stomach bigger and smaller um, with, the, uh, with this band. And um, from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong there, Ben, is as not as an extensive surgery as a gastric bypass. And but just like Ben said, you know, it, it, you know there are some bad parts about that too, because you know it can slip. If it slips, if it slips off, you might have to go back into surgery, have to put it back. Um, so that's kind of one solution. And the gastric bypass is the more um, extensive type surgery it, it is definitely a permanent type surgery. It's not something that you can take back. Um, so both of them have kind of their uh, pluses and minuses. And, and for me, I have had, uh, you know, patients choose one or the other, depending on what uh, you know, their, their solution is or what their choice is. You know, there's not one right way to, to this type of surgery. Uh, it's just as long as the Pretty much all of the pluses and minuses that I choose. Did you come forth at all, or, or at all the information? You were pretty pretty solid on the bypass surgery. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, from, from the initial seminar, I, I was pretty much sold on which surgery I was going to have um, after hearing. And then, you know, the nice thing is after the seminar, they have a kind of a one-on-one session with the doctor so that he can answer questions for you and give you the pros and cons of both surgeries. And uh, after meeting with the doctor and listening, you know, to the pros and cons of both, I was pretty much sold on, on the, you know, the gastric bypass for myself. <laughs> Hang on there. I lost my Skype connection. <laughs> That's why I have a backup here. Ben, you still there? Yep, I'm still here. Okay. I'm going to try to call back in here and uh, see what we can do here. Um, so, Ben, so as I'm, as I'm setting this up here, uh, why don't you kind of uh, talk about the, um, you know, the, the diet that, uh, that they had you start on in preparation uh, for the uh, surgery and for the procedure? Well, um, my insurance actually required me to do a, a six-month dietary program prior to the insurance actually approving the surgery. And uh, I actually had to keep a, a food journal for the first six months. And uh, during that time, the, the, the point in the, the food journal was, was to try to minimize some of the things that, that I used to eat, um, you know, and, and try to minimize the quantities of, of the food I ate and with the goal of trying to get 72 grams of protein per day. And uh, initially on the diet, they, they weren't really too strict on what types of foods I could eat. But as I progressed along and got closer to the surgery, then it became a little bit more stricter and they, they were, you know, you know, kind of ch- trying to tell you the foods to, to avoid and, and the foods that, that they wanted you to be eating. Um, but Basically, anything that's high in protein, low in sugar, um, very low in sugar, and if possible, no sugar whatsoever. And then anything that's really low in fat as well um, It was was pretty much the diet for the, the six months leading up. And then um, one week prior to surgery, um, I had to go on an all-liquid diet. And uh, they, they actually, the, the program that I went through, they actually provided me with uh, the protein drinks that, that I had to drink prior to surgery. And uh, I had to drink four or five of those a day. And uh, they weren't very good, but, <laughs> you know, they, they served their purpose. And uh, I kind of struggled through it. So, But initially, it, it's just a high-protein diet with, with no sugars and low fats and low carbs. And uh, it's kind of a, a – you have to eat more times a day, smaller amounts more times a day is what I understand. Is that correct? Yeah, and really that, that's kind of what I'm struggling with now because basically the, the, the dietary program that I was on pre, pre-surgery it was kind of building you up to, you know, trying to teach you, you know, how you're needing to eat after you have the surgery. And, um, you know, that the, the after-surgery diet is a little bit more complex, you know, because of what they did. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that here in just a little bit, but... Uh, and initially, they, they want you to, to eat something or, you know, and if, if you're on the liquid portion, they want you to drink something at, at least every two hours. Right, right, yeah. And, and, and even on so, – so that six months leading up to the surgery, um, you know, everybody has told me that, that uh, you know, you just have um, some weight loss from that as well. Uh, do you recall how much weight loss that you had even going into the surgery? 
Um, if I remember correctly, when I started, like I said, when they first weighed me in at my first appointment, I was 375 pounds. And when they weighed me on the operating table prior to surgery, I think they said I weighed in at about 351 pounds. So just the, you know, the, the six-month dietary program, you know, eating their diet and stuff. And, and I'll be honest with you, that, that last month, I probably cheated a little bit because obviously if you think about it, you know, you're not going to be able to get to eat a lot of this stuff that 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 you love to eat after the surgery. So I I, I probably cheated quite a bit that last month and, and ate the things I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat. But even at that, I, I still lost you know almost twenty twenty five pounds or so prior to surgery. Um, Do they have you uh, counting calories or keeping a, a a food journal or that type of thing as well, or not really? Well, the, the food journal prior to surgery was more for insurance uh, verification, um, but they really didn't count calories. They just wanted to know that you were following, you know, the the guidelines of the diet and making sure you're eating five times, five or six times a day, and uh, more so for the nutritionist to kind of follow along and see what you were eating and stuff, and, and make sure that you're getting the, the proper uh, protein and things per day. So they, they don't really have you count the calories. Um, because really, after the surgery, it's not so much the calories that are important at this point. It's more so the grams of protein that you're intaking. I see. I see. Um, on the line with us, uh, we have uh, Fergan Ben uh, from uh, FergunBen.blogspot.com. And Ben, um, you, you made a lot of references to uh, insurance company, and I have a lot of my patients ask me about that. Um, what kind of research did you do, you know, just trying to find out, you know, what the insurance company would pay for, what they wouldn't pay for, what the hoops that you had to jump through? Um, from what I recall, uh, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, they, uh, to, you had a, a rejection early on or you had some, some other types of hoops that you had to jump through before going through this. Is that right? Well, when, when I first started this process of looking into having the surgery, I had Cigna for for my insurance company, and um, I, I went to initial consultation with a uh, another another doctor that that operated out of Columbus. Which my my doctor that that I go through, he he does all his operations out of Riverside Hospital in Columbus. Um, but Cigna originally they they declined um, and, and rejected uh, you know the the whole application process for the surgery initially. Um, and used it the basis of the, the pre-existing condition with obesity uh, as the reason for the denial. Um, I, I was going to try to see if I could fight it, but uh, I, I, we, we were having some changes through my employer, and I, I knew we were going to be changing insurance companies come the first of the year. So I just kind of stuck it out and uh, did a little bit more research on it throughout the course of the year and read, you know, different different forms and things like that from people that have had the surgery done and, and, you know, read the good, the positive and the bad that, you know, that people post. And, uh, you know, come the first of the year, of course, our insurance changed and uh, our insurance went from Cigna to uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And, uh, of course, I went to that seminar. And uh, the nice thing is with the doctor that I went through, he has an entire staff um, that works with the insurance company to see if they can get you pre-qualified and uh, to see if they, you know, have certain requirements and things, you know, prior to having surgery. Because a lot of insurance companies are more open um, to approving the, you know, the the procedure now. Um, because in the long run, I see that it's more beneficial to go ahead and, and let your, you know, patient go ahead and, and have the surgery. 
instead of paying for the extensive, uh, you know, problems that are going to come up through the course of, of the rest of their lifetime, you know, high blood pressure, heart attacks, things of that nature. Um, so the, the insurance companies have become a little bit more forthcoming when it comes to approving these, but of course they, they do have a requirement, most of them have a requirement process. And uh, really the only thing mine required was uh, obviously for just to have the surgery, you've you got to have a certain uh, body mass index of, of a certain amount, uh, which they you know classify you as obese, which I, I met that with no problem whatsoever. And they, then they require you to have at least some sort of other health health issue, which, um, of course, I've got high blood pressure, so that, that's one of the qualifying things. And I also have sleep apnea, so uh, that, that also helped my case. And then, of course, the, the original diagnosis of the degenerative arthritis, that helped as well, because that was that was three different health things that, that I had going, <laughs> I guess, if you will, in, in my favor to help me get approved. And uh, because of those, uh, they, they told me that uh, the only requirement that I would have to do would be to complete the six-month dietary nutritional program. And uh, if I stuck to the, the six-month dietary, you know, program, then uh, once I've completed that and uh, once I've completed all my tests, which the, a lot since I have the sleep apnea, they made me go and, and redo the sleep apnea test just to make sure that, you know, nothing changed. Um, they make you do blood tests, you know, to see, you know, how your blood is, and, you know, see where where all your your levels and things like that are. And uh, I had to have an EKG done as well, which that, that's nothing, you know, real big. But um, just, just normal medical tests and things like that. And then uh, once all that was completed, uh, the doctor's uh, staff submitted for final approval to the insurance company, and uh, they approved it. And uh, after it was approved, I, I went to surgery about a month later. Uh, did they make you get a, a a heart, a cardiac stress test, or just the EKG? Actually, I, I didn't have to do the cardiac stress test, but it, it depends on the patient because it, they, they sure. did mention that in some patients they, they do make you do them. I guess it all just kind of depends on what kind of shape you're in and, uh, right. you know, how, how how your blood pressure and stuff like that is. And, um, fortunately, I, I didn't have to have a stress test. Um, I've had a stress test before. I've had one about two years ago. And they're not bad, but they're not the most, you know, fun thing to do. But I, I, I was lucky. I didn't have to do one of those. Um, and some of my patients, and it's probably a different insurance company, some of them had to, had to uh, talk to a counselor or even a psychiatrist. Was there any kind of mental health type of uh, check checkbox for your insurance company that you had to do? Yeah, that was one of the requirements as well. I had to sit down with, with a psychiatrist. And uh, fortunately, the doctor that I go through has their own uh, psychiatrist on staff. And uh, they probably sat there and talked to me for, uh, I don't know, probably two and a half, three hours. And, you know, we talked. And after it was all said and done, she says, well, I, I don't think you're crazy. So she goes, you're you're well-knowledged in, into what, you know, you're about to undertake. And it looks like you've done your homework. And, and you're fully aware of what you're about to get yourself into. And that, that's really the big thing is that they look for. They just they, they want to make sure that you don't have, like, an eating disorder that, that probably needs to be treated, you know, uh, whether it be through, you know, depression, you know, because a lot of folks are, are depressed, you know, when they get overweight. And I've, I've been through my, you know, fair share, you know, depressed moments and things throughout the course of my life. But, um, but you know, just the thought of the weight loss surgery is, is more of a uh, – kind of a rewarding thought more so than it is a depressing thought. Um, so, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, depressed about it. And, you know, they they, they passed me through and, 
you know, that was, again, one of the insurance qualifications I had to go through, you know. And, you know, that that, that wasn't nearly as bad as all the other stuff, I think. The diet was probably worse <laughs> than, the, than the psychiatric evaluation. So uh, uh, kind of at, at what point do they give you a date? Is it really close to the end of the six months? Is it midway through? Or, like, like how did you know that you were getting closer to actually going through the thing? Well, um, initially, after you go through your seminar, at least throughout what I did, when I went through my seminar, they set up an actual appointment to meet with the doctor so that they can, you know, do an initial health assessment and stuff like that. And then uh, on that first meeting, you meet with the nutritionist, and then, uh, you know, they tell you what, you know, what you have to do and, of course, what you have to pay out of pocket and things like that. So, you know, once you've paid your portion out of pocket, and, you know, as you go along through the, the nutritional program, now with me, granted, I had the six months, so I, I knew I was at least six months out before I could have the surgery. Um, so as you go along, you know, when I when I got down to my almost my last uh, nutritionist appointment, they began asking me if, if I had, you know, gotten all my tests completed. Now, unfortunately for me, I had accidentally overlooked uh, the sleep apnea test that I had to do. And uh, I, I had to schedule it, and when I scheduled it, um, they, they pushed it out almost two months on me past the, the time where I should have been having my surgery. So it, it got a little bit prolonged for me. So if anybody's considering having it done, they, they give you a list of things that you have to do, you know, as far as your medical tests that you need to have done and, you know, all, make sure you keep all of your appointments because if, if, if you, you know, if, if you have one thing that you have to do like I did, you know, everything gets put on hold until you can have that test completed. Um, but again, that, that was my fault for overlooking it. You know, if, if I had, you know, went ahead and scheduled that initially from the very beginning, I probably would have had my surgery back in uh, August and, and I ended up having it in November. So, um, but yeah, that, as you go along, they talk with you and explain to you, you know, what's going on. Um, once I completed that sleep apnea test, um, the, the very day that it was completed, they scheduled my surgery, um, which I actually had it, uh, I think it was, the, I want to say the first or the second week of October. And as soon as I got done, you know, woke up in the sleep apnea sleep study clinic, and I went home and I called them. You know, when I called them, they, they were setting up my, my surgery, which uh, it, it was around, like I said, around the first or the second week of October, and they scheduled it for November the 9th for the surgery. So it, it happens pretty quickly once you've got everything done. So uh, at, at what point when you were going along that you decided that you wanted to write about this uh, on a blog, the mind of friggin' Ben, friggin' Ben dot blogspot dot com? When did you decide, hey, maybe I should put some of this uh, down on paper or write a blog about it? Well, you know, I, I started that blog a couple of years back uh, when when we started up, you know, the newer version of our radio show that that we're on hiatus from, of course, but. Uh, you know, as I went along, I, I find that, that my blog is more of, I, I guess, kind of a release for me. You know, it, it, it kind of gets things off my off my chest and off my mind. And uh, as I went along, I, I just said, you know, said to myself, maybe some of this stuff that I'm going through will help somebody else um, that, that's, you know, trying to make this decision, you know, to have this surgery or, you know, maybe somebody can relate to something I'm going through. So, you know, I, I didn't write as much as I probably would have liked to because, um, unfortunately, I do lead a little bit of a busy life with work and stuff like that. But 
uh, I, I try to share my feelings when I when I get the inkling to, to write about it. And you know, uh, closer to my surgery, I do a little bit more writing. And I, I think I'm overdue for a for a blog. I need to I need to get in there and write a new one because I'm. It's probably been about a month since I wrote one. But um, I my I guess my intention is just to try to you know tell everybody else what I'm going through with with regards to this in hopes that it that it might help. You know, somebody else to to either make that decision or kind of push them away from making that decision because, in all honesty, it, it it's not an easy decision to make. And I I would have never in my life imagined how it would be after surgery. You know, because you know you read about how it is, but until you actually experience how it is, it, it's it's completely different. Um, now that's not to say that I wouldn't have done the surgery, like if, if I were to do it all over again, I would still have the surgery. I'm I'm happy with my decision. Um, I'm happy with the results so far. And it, it, it it's not easy, and I, I do have bad days. But, um, and I, I, I want to write about that so people know that it's not, you know, roses and, you know, smooth sailing once you go through the surgery. It, it It's just as hard, if not harder, after surgery. Than it than it really was before surgery because there's a lot more challenges that come up after surgery. So really, that, that's, uh, that's my goal. Uh, yeah, I mean a couple a couple of names of your posts there are you know, pre-surgical thoughts and happenings and pre-surgery jitters and you know I you know after you had your sleep apnea test done and they gave you a date and 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 that um, you know as you were getting closer you know days and hours and. You know, were you having any kind of second thoughts at all and saying, you know, maybe I really shouldn't go through with this? Or were you kind of calm going into it? Were you anxious? Were you scared? Any of that stuff going through your mind or all that stuff going through your mind? Well, I, for, for me, I found that the best the best thing to do throughout the course of it was just really not think about it. Um, because you, when you when you got time to think, you, you worry, and then you kind of second guess yourself. So I, I really didn't try to think about it. I just kind of got myself into a daily routine of, you know, I need to eat at this time and this time. And you know, it's nice to you know have a job that that's pretty much an eight to five job where you get two breaks and a lunch because, you know, when you have your first break, you know, you need to eat something. And of course, you have your lunch, you need to eat something. And your afternoon break, you need to eat something. And you come home and eat dinner. So, you know, it's a nice routine to get into. And then you know, the less you think about it, the less you worry. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you, the, the, the week leading up to the surgery was, was probably the, the hardest of a ball because, you know, to go from, you know, just, you know, pretty much eating whatever you want for the most part, you know, and granted I was on a diet, but I, I could still eat things that I like to eat. To go from that, you know, to basically cold turkey, a liquid diet, one week prior to surgery, that, that's very difficult. Um, the first couple of days weren't too bad, but once you get to the third day, you know you're you're looking at people eating a cheeseburger, and you know you're like, I, you know, I wish I could eat that cheeseburger. Um, but you know that, that 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 liquid diet, you know, it's important prior to the surgery right. because right. Um, basically it, it forces your body to use up all the fats and stuff that are stored in your liver in order for your liver to shrink. Um, and that's really the primary goal of, of the liquid diet. Obviously, it cleans out your system, too, but um, the primary goal of that is to shrink your liver so that, you know, that they can get in there and do the things that they need to do while they're, you know, do, operating and so that the liver's not in the way. Um, right. And it, it's hard because, you know, you, you don't have a small, tiny stomach, 
and you don't have the nerves removed from your stomach like I have now. And uh, I, I really just don't think people understand that, you know, after the surgery, you're, you're just not hungry because they actually remove the nerves in your stomach that make you feel hungry. So it, it, it's, while it's easier because you never feel hungry after surgery, it's harder because of, of the diet and, and, you know, and everything that you got to go through. So, you know, you were hungry a lot of times going through that liquid diet process, and, and it was really hard. And, and I, I got through it okay. It was hard. I won't, I won't lie to you. And that I could see where that would turn a lot of people off. And, you know, lead, leading into the surgery, um, like the night before, that um, that was probably the first time I really ever had second thoughts about it. And I, I, you know, I kind of told myself, you know, what am I doing? You know, I like to eat so much, and I, I love to eat. And then, you know, you really sit there and you, you kind of second guess yourself. But then, you know, do, do I want to eat the rest of my life and eat myself to death, or do I want to lose this weight and get healthy? So, uh, the thought of being healthy, and you know, being able to play with my kids and, and do stuff with my kids, and you know, just to be healthier and, and not have to take all these medicines and be in this pain all the time far outweighed uh, my desire to eat a hamburger, I think. So <laughs> um, So after the surgery, so how um, um, how many days were you in the hospital and did you have a lot of uh, bandages or surgical wounds and stuff that needed to be taken care of or not really? Well, the nice thing is they did a new procedure on me and they uh, used a robot. And uh, they were able to do it laparoscopically. So I only had four small incisions, which uh, were only about an inch long. And uh, if you were to look at my belly, it kind of looks like a smiley face a little bit, you know, with, with where the incision placement is. But um, th- there really isn't any wound care, really, or at least for me there wasn't. They actually put glue on my uh, incision and they glued them shut. No staples, no stitches, just glue. <laughs> so Wow. Uh, and then the nice thing was they actually put uh, like a pain pump ball. I don't know if you're familiar with what those are or not, but oh yeah, those are very cool. Yeah, I've I've, I've the, seen the, those. The the middle of my chest, they they put a little hole in me, and uh, they ran a wire in internally down kind of like the left side, and then a wire down the right side, and uh, that wire actually had uh, you know holes in it. And it was attached to a, a ball that maybe is just a little bit bigger than a softball. And about once an hour, that ball squirted at a local anesthetic uh, through those wires in my belly. So it, it numbed everything um, for about the first three days. And uh, the first three days, I felt great. Um, obviously, I wasn't in any pain whatsoever because I couldn't feel it. Um, but naturally, that ball runs out. <laughs> and uh, when it ran out, you, it, it's actually your responsibility to uh, remove that wire that, that runs through there. So you, you actually remove the galls and such that's attached to that wire, and you have to pull that out yourself. And uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a gross feeling, and I, I actually almost vomited when I pulled it out because it it, it didn't hurt, but it just felt gross and was kind of gross um, because those wires are about a foot and a half long. <laughs> that run into your belly, and you're pulling right. and pulling and pulling. Um, and uh, really, that you know, that night I didn't feel anything. But then the, the next day, when that pain, that pain pump ball was gone, the, I, I really could tell how much pain I was in then. And it, it was kind of a, a rough couple of days after that that pain pump ball came out. 
Um, and I got I got very nauseous and, and actually had to call the doctor and he had to prescribe some medicine so that I could keep things down because I, I, I believe it was a lot of a a big world of difference from, from the pain ball to, to when not having. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the line with us, we have uh, friggin' Ben, uh, and uh, he has some, uh, I know he's going to blog more, but he has some good uh, uh, posts before his surgery at uh, friggin'Ben.blogspot. Uh, dot com. Um, so tell us about um, you know you going home and in those first few days when you were at home. How you know how are you doing? How are you feeling? Were you still having a lot of nausea, a lot of pain? And um, you know I would imagine if you're having pain, your appetite really isn't that great either. Well, like I said, you know when when they do the surgery and they they remove you know the majority of your stomach, they they actually remove the nerves in your stomach. That, that make you feel hungry. And uh, they actually, the, the, the same nerve that makes you feel hungry is the nerve that actually makes you feel full. Um, so so that, that's challenging. Now, um, I, I was only in the hospital for a day. Um, I had the surgery at, at about um, 9 o'clock-ish in the morning, and uh, the surgery lasted uh, about just about four hours. And then I was in recovery for two hours. So uh, I was brought back up to uh, my room uh, probably, you know, early afternoon. And uh, obviously you're a little bit out of it, you know, when, when you first come out of surgery. But by, by the late evening, I was pretty much, you know, kind of back to being coherent, knew what was going on and that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're in the hospital, they get you up to walk about every four hours. Um, they they did in the first four hours. They they want you to rest a little bit after the surgery. But later that evening, they they got me up to walk. And then about, about every time they come in to do your you know your checks for your blood pressure and stuff, they they want you to get up. And uh, you know to me it it really wasn't that bad. I felt better when I got up and walked. Um, I didn't have any trouble walking. Again, that, that pain ball thing was there too. So that that, that was a big help. Uh, but when you come home from the hospital, you're on a liquid diet. Um, which is all liquids for the first three weeks, and um, you know you're, you're still drinking those protein drinks and things like that. But the, the nice thing of it is you can eat some soft stuff um, that that's a consistency that will roll off of the spoon. Um, so things like applesauce, pudding, yogurt, and again, all this stuff has to be sugar free. Um, you, you can eat that stuff for the first three weeks, but unfortunately, you know, you got to drink all those protein drinks and things like that. So, and again, my, my doctor provided me all that stuff. Uh, of course, I paid probably paid for it somewhere along the way. But uh, you know, the, the stuff that they give me to drink it, it really wasn't bad tasting. It just you, you drink it so much that you know you just kind of get sick of it after a while. Um, and then, of course, with the nausea, just, you, I, I would even drink water and get nauseous. So. Uh, the doctor had to prescribe me some, some motion sickness patches to put behind my ear and then uh, a, a drug called uh, Regalan, uh, which kind of re-regulates your system because after you have bowel surgery, uh, your system just kind of just kind of sits there and doesn't want to do anything. So the, the Regalan kind of helps to, to kind of jumpstart everything and get it flowing all in the right direction again. And uh, I was on all that stuff for, I don't know, probably about five days, and then after that I, I haven't been on it since. So, um so really, as far as the nausea or anything, you know, I, you really don't you really don't feel nauseous unless unless you have something like like what I had. I don't know if the nausea nauseous came from you know from the pain 
or if maybe it was just the process of the healing process, maybe something was just kind of turned at a funny angle as it was healing. I honestly don't know what, you know, what the cause of it was, <laughs> but I'm just glad it's gone for now. And uh, you and I talked a little bit uh, uh, following that, and did you have, uh, it sounds like you did have a flare-up uh, of your gout a little bit in your feet uh, a few days afterward, is that right? Um, well, it, it wasn't a few days afterwards. This was probably week, I don't want to say week three and four, um, when the gout flared up. And it, it actually went, was so bad I couldn't even walk on it. And uh, I, I was a little bit hesitant to call the doctor because I was, you know, so used to it flaring up you know, prior to the surgery and, and dealing with it the, the couple of years previously, that it was just something normal for me. But it, it was actually to a point where it was so painful and actually worse than it ever had been before. So then we, we finally broke down and I, I called the doctor. And, uh, you know, he asked me some questions of where it was swollen and, you know, where it was burdened and things like that. He says, you know, that almost sounds like gout to me. It doesn't sound like a degenerative arthritis type thing. So he, he prescribed me some prednisone. And uh, of course, it's a, it's a steroid, and, and it, they, it's often used to, you know, to battle the, the gout and to take the swelling down and the pain away. And uh, the, the amazing thing about it was, I, I took the first two pills, and probably 45 minutes later, I could walk on my foot and it didn't hurt anymore. So they, the, the doctor definitely got that one right. And uh, I, I'm just now finishing up the, the prescription. And my, my foot hasn't been hurting, and I, I've been able to walk just fine on it. But it, it took it, you know, 45 minutes to, to make it to where I could actually walk on it and be able to, to get around and stuff after taking the first pill. And, and if that's right, I mean, that, that kind of happened you know, right around the time or right, right before the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. And I know, you know, walking around, uh, you know, Ohio State campus is a lot, and uh, I would imagine you were yeah. a little bit worried about about your feet and trying to get around there if you're having this flare-up? Well, I wasn't really worried too much about it, but it, it was still tender because obviously, you know, if, if you're suffering from a from a bout of, of the gout for, you know, a week and a half prior to going to an Ohio State game, it, it's definitely going to be a little tender because, you know, that's joint inflammation and it's doing some sort of damage in there, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I, I got about two and a half days worth of, of the prednisone in me, and, and it really cleared it up to where I could walk. Um, now, the nice thing is we parked in in a shuttle parking right off 71, and uh, we took a shuttle in, and it uh, took us to the street. Um, just, just There's like a street that runs right alongside the stadium, and there's a street right over, like two streets over. The shuttle dropped us off two streets over. So I just had to walk down, uh, down a small hill and uh, across the two streets to the stadium, and then uh, we stood in a line to uh, take the elevator up to the to the sea deck where our tickets were, and uh, I, I did did fairly well. Now again, it was a little bit of walking, but it it, it wasn't too bad, and I, I got around just fine. Now my foot hurt when I came home from the game because it, it probably was a little bit too much for it, but uh, all in all, it, it was a it was a rewarding experience, and I'm I'm glad I was able to to participate in. Uh, this is the uh, Dr. Anonymous show live on uh, Blog Talk Radio, and uh, on the lineup we have uh, we have uh, Friggin Ben, and uh, I encourage you to check out his blog friggenben.blogspot.com. And uh, so Ben, let's talk a little bit about um, kind of your uh, you know, after surgery. We talked a little bit about it already from from what patients have told me in the past for this type of thing. Uh, 
especially gastric bypass, there's you know, pretty frequent follow-ups with your doctor as far as you know, checking back with them and blood work. And, and have you uh, gone through those stages as of yet? Well, um, well, today's actually my one-month anniversary of, of having the surgery. Um, I had it back on uh, November the 9th. Um, and I've met with my doctor twice already so far, and I, I've got to go back and meet with him again in, uh, actually next Friday, I believe. Um, so that'll be my third appointment in, in just over, you know, a month, a month, month and a week or so. So, uh, they, they try to keep you pretty extensive. The, the first appointment, you know, they just check your incisions and, you know, make sure everything's going good. And then, of course, you meet with the nutritionist to make sure that you, you know, you're getting your, your protein drink. And uh, one other thing to note, you know, a- after you have the surgery, if you have to take vitamins um, for the rest of your life because um, because of the rapid um, progression of the food through your digestive tract, you don't get a lot of the nutrients and the things that you need uh, out of the food. Um, so you definitely have to take a multivitamin, and uh, you have to take a calcium supplement of some type to make sure you're getting everything. And uh, you know that that's that's one thing that they they really make sure that that you're doing when you go to these appointments. Are, are you taking are you taking your medicine? Are you getting your multivitamin? Um, and you also you can take a you can also take a vitamin called biotin, um, which is actually optional. And I I actually chose not to take it. And uh, really, the biotin's for your like your hair growth and your fingernail growth. Um, as you go along, because of this surgery, you you actually have a chance uh, that you can lose your hair. I don't know if all of it falls out, but I, I know that there there are reports that, that a lot of people do lose a lot of their hair and uh, their fingernails stop growing and things. And, uh, you know, it, it's optional. The biotin helps to keep the hair loss from, you know, happening and to keep your fingernails and stuff going. But I, I've noticed just from taking the multivitamin, my fingernails grow like crazy. And uh, I, I, really <laughs> use, I, I could really use the, you know, I, I could probably use to lose a little bit of hair. So if if my hair falls out, my hair falls out. I don't care at this point. <laughs> uh, now, patients have also told me too is that so is there a certain list of medicines that you cannot take because of the surgery? I've been told that you know, sometimes some extended release type of medicine, whether it's a prescription medicine or over the counter medicine, um, wouldn't work in a gastric bypass uh, patient or person that is, uh, were you told that at all or is that, is that not true? Yeah. You, you can't take anything that's a time release medication because obviously it's not going to be in there long enough to release. So you, you can take those time release medications all day long, but they're not going to do you any good. They're just going to flow right into your intestine and come right back out. Um, um, any type of an anti-inflammatory, you can't take any of that kind of stuff. Like if, uh, you know, one, I, I kind of miss that because, you know, when my feet would get bad, I would take a leave uh, because it has the naproxen uh, medication in it, which is a very good anti-inflammatory. Uh, but you can't have any of that type of thing. Like if, if, you need, if, if you get a headache or something, about the only thing that you can take is Tylenol. And okay. uh, that, that's about that's about the only thing you can take for pain. Now, as far as other medications, I really haven't gotten to a point where I have to take anything else. Uh, like, you know, if you get a cold or the flu or something, I know they've got over-the-counter stuff. I, I don't know if you can take that kind of stuff or not. I, I've never really I, – I haven't I haven't gotten to a point where I've had to ask because I've, <laughs> I haven't been sick yet. So, But I imagine once I get to that point, I'll probably ask that question. <laughs> um so um, uh, so so it's been a month out now. So it sounds like you're doing okay. And and uh, you know, do, do you have any uh, 
do you have any regrets at this point or do you have anything that, you know, like advice as far as, you know, people who are thinking about this as far as, you know, um, you know stuff that you could have done differently or stuff that, you know, you wish was, uh, you know, different or any of that type of thing? Um, you know, I don't have any regrets. Um, I, I would like to emphasize, though, the, the first two weeks after the after having the surgery, it, it, it is very emotional time, and um, there, there's been times where I've just you know broken down and cried because it it, it really is a lot. Um, you go through all this now; it, it's not really so much the pain. Um, the, the pain pretty much goes away after the first week, for the most part. Um, at least it did for me. Um, but just you know the the change, you know that he. You know, you're just drinking liquids, and and you're really limited to the things that you can have those first three weeks after surgery, and and it it really is hard. Now, especially for me, you know, with 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 a family, um, you know, my 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 daughter and my girlfriend and her son, you know, they, I, I don't expect them to stop their lifestyle just because of of me, you know. So if you know, if they want to go to McDonald's or you know Taco Bell or something, then you know I. That, that's fine with me. I, if, if you know, they they can get that stuff. Um, I know I can't have that at least at this point. Um, but that's hard to sit there and watch them eat that kind of stuff. And you know, you have to sit there with your protein drink. Um, and th- there were a few times where you know I I felt like I was to a point where I just didn't think I could go on because it it really is hard. Um, but it, it's good to have a good base of of support, and it's definitely needed when you go through this. Um, that you do need a good support, you know, structure around you when you do this, because it, if, if you were to do it alone, it, it would be very difficult. Um, I, I'm actually to the point now where I'm, I'm not in just the liquids now. Um, I, I can actually eat the pureed food. And it, it, up until this, this week that I'm in right now, it, it, it was smooth sailing, because obviously you switch from liquids to pureed foods, which means you can pretty much puree anything you can think of. Um, and and, and it, it was good at first, because it's like, ooh, this is new stuff, you know, you get to eat some new things, and, you know, some some things are good pureed, some things not so, not so much, but, <laughs> uh, but th- this week that I'm in right now, it, it's it, as it's gotten further along, it, it's kind of getting rough because th- things that were once good when I first was able to eat in puree aren't, aren't really appealing to me so much. And I, I think I'm struggling a little bit right now with, with getting the necessary protein that I need each day um, because of that. Because, you know, the things that, I, that were once good to me, just they, they just don't taste so good anymore. Um, I got about another week and a half to go with this, so I'm going to have to just, you know, hunker down and, and get through it. Um, another week and a half or so, I'll be able to start eating solid foods again, and, and at least introducing the solid foods in and, and eating normal food. Uh, which, in a way, I'm looking forward to it, and in a way, I'm, I'm scared because it's been almost two months now since I've actually had something solid to eat, and. Uh, Fortunately for me, uh, I, I haven't had any vomiting or the dumping syndrome, as they call it, um, where um, for those that don't know what the dumping syndrome is, that's where you either eat too much for the pouch that your stomach can hold or uh, it, it's uh, foods that, that, you, that your stomach doesn't really accept, which is, you know, something that has too much sugar in it or uh, too much fat or too much carb. 
um, because your 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 body just can't process that stuff the way that it used to. So it it tries to get rid of it as quickly as possible because it can't process it. So it it either comes out one end or the other, either it's diarrhea or it, or it makes you vomit. Now I've had a few few bouts of diarrhea, but fortunately for me, I haven't done any vomiting. And uh, that's actually one of my fears at this point is when I start eating real solid food is that I that I may vomit. But uh, I, I hope I don't. They they tell you if you chew your food real good and, and you eat the stuff that, that you're supposed to eat, you know, which is the, you know, the sugar-free stuff and uh, the low-fat stuff that you won't have that problem. So I, I'm hoping I'm, I, I'm to a point where I can kind of gauge how much fits into my pouch, if you will. Um, uh, just so you know, you, you really can only eat about a half of a cup to a cup at a time when you do eat. And again, that's every two hours. Um, and you know, for anybody that, that cooks or, you know, knows, you know, measurements and things, you know, a cup of food, that that's barely enough to keep a bird alive. Um, so that's not very much, yeah. you know? So that, that's, that's really one of my fears is that when I start eating solid food that, that I'll get sick because you know, obviously it's. Solid food's going to take up a little bit more room than than the stuff I've been eating, and it might be a little bit a hard bit of a hard adjustment to get used to. Um, something that you touched on, Ben, that I wanted to expand a little bit on is is, is the support system, and that that's what patients have told me too, as far as going through this, is that you know that you need to be plugged in, or you are plugged in with with a support system. Some some uh, programs have a formal program through their doctor's office or whatever, and some people just get get along. Um, with their family or, you know, with their loved ones, uh, you know, can you kind of share a little bit about, about your support system and, and how much they have helped you through this process? Well, my support system at this point is pretty much just my family. They've been very supportive of me, uh, you know, through this whole process. And uh, my, my fiance, she, she's very supportive of this as well. Um, and, and she's, she's always there to, to make me things to, through the through the puree, she 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 likes using the food processor, um, and I, I joke every time she fires up the food processor, it sounds like she's she's chopping up cadavers in the kitchen because it it sounds like a chainsaw when she fires it up. But uh, she, she's pretty much her and my daughter at this point, and you know my mom, she she's been there, and as as has my grandmother, you know they're they're very supportive and they they check up on me frequently and call to see how I'm doing. And uh, my, my dad's been there, too. He hasn't been there as much as, as I was hoping that he would be. But, and, you know, he, he's got a busy life, too. And, you know, through the course of the last couple of months, he, he's went through quite a bit himself with, with a with a knee surgery. Uh, but I, I talked to him, too, and he's real supportive. And uh, he's also financially supportive and helped me out quite a bit through this as well. So uh, there, there are some support groups here in town that, that I, I could, you know, go to, like, a support group meeting. Um, if I felt that I needed to go, you know, to a meeting like that, which at this point I don't think I do. Maybe once I start eating solid food, I might, you know, go attend a couple of them just to, you know, kind of meet some people that are going through or have gone through the same thing I've went through. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've got people at work that are supportive. You know, there's three or four ladies at work that have had the surgery. Anytime I have a question, I, I go to them. And all of them are about four or five years out. So uh, they, they've got a little bit of time on their hands and, and can tell me, you know, what they experienced and what they did to get through it. So um, as long as i got them people, you know, there that I can go to with questions, I, I think I'll be okay. Well, that's great. That's great. I, 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 it's uh 
Um, I just saw that uh, your fiance in being engaged and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, that's uh, that, that's great. That's great. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy for you. And uh, it seems like you know that this surgery here is a uh, you know kind of a, a, an important um, uh, important part of your life. And um, um, it, it seems like it's a new chapter in your life that that, that you're starting. And uh, you know, it's only been a month, but uh, you know, it seems like you're doing real well. You're feeling good. You know, I mean, of course, there's going to be, you know, some good days and bad days and rough days. Uh, but uh, uh, it seems like you're, you're doing okay, and I'm, and I'm very happy for you for that. You know, I appreciate that. You know, I've, I've, I've direct messaged you on Twitter and asked you a question or two now and again. And, uh, you know, I, I know you don't give out, like to give out medical advice and such on the, the various social networking things, but I don't, I don't think it hurts anything to ask just a general question now and again. And you, you've always been very helpful and informative when I've asked you a question, and I, I appreciate that too. And, and I know you've been very supportive of uh, this whole process as well. And, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit when we had our meeting over the summer, and uh, it, it, it's really hard to believe that, you know, when, when when you were here during the summer and we were just talking about the process and, you know, what, what I was going to go through, that, that now we're, you know, past all that. I've had the surgery now and I'm, you know, a month or so in now. And it, it's just like the time goes so fast. And, you know, it and I, I it, it's hard for me to even grasp that I, the, the hard part, which, of course, is the surgery is, is, is well over with now. And now it's it's all on me to make sure that I follow my, my nutritional program and, and make sure that I eat the right foods and, 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 you know, get the right exercise and things like that as I go along. Um, because the exercise, it, it will become, it, it's not so much right at the moment important, but uh, once you start eating the solid food and, and you start getting, you know, regular calorie intake and stuff, and then the exercise definitely becomes important uh, for the weight loss. Well, I mean, and I saw your picture. I saw your pictures on Facebook when you were at the uh, Ohio State Michigan game, and uh, you know, your face does look a little bit thinner. And uh, you know, maybe it was that your 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 fiance was just making you so happy. But uh, you know, it seems like you're you're you're, you're you know that, that that your face is a little bit thinner. You're, you're looking a little bit more trim. You know, just 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 with those you know couple of pictures from that, and uh, it seems like you're on the right track now. Yeah, I've. I've um... At my last doctor appointment, which was last week, um, I weighed in at uh, 330 pounds. So, as you know, I started at 375, and I'm down to 330 now. So, uh, I've lost, uh, oh, I was at 325 at my last surgery. I'm sorry. So, I've actually lost a little bit more than I thought. But uh, I, I've lost, 20, I think, 26 pounds, which, you know, that was last week. So, I'm, I'm sure it's probably closer to 30, if not a little bit more than that now. I've lost probably... 30 pounds or so since since my surgery alone. Um, so, you know, that that's it, it's just amazing how fast it's coming off. Um, my, like my pants, uh, I pull my belt as tight as they'll go, and they're, they're still falling off. Um, I was into, uh, like, my, my T-shirts and sweatshirts. I was wearing uh, six extra-large shirts and T-shirts and things. And uh, for for that Ohio State Michigan game, I actually went out to the mall just to buy an Ohio State sweatshirt to wear to the game, which is of course the sweatshirt you see me wearing there. And uh, that, yeah. that sweatshirt that sweatshirt is a three extra large sweatshirt. And uh, that picture, I actually have a jacket on underneath the sweatshirt. Um, so <laughs> that tells you how much I've lost just in my upper body portion. You know, three three almost four sizes. 
Um, I put one of those sweatshirts on yesterday and the day before yesterday, and it, it's so baggy on me now. I probably could fit into a, a 2X, maybe even getting close to just a regular extra-large shirt. So it, it it's definitely made made a big difference, and I, I can definitely tell the difference in my clothes size. Great, great, great. Um, let's see. So we have about 14 minutes left here. Um, but before we kind of, because I did want to talk about our New Year's Eve show, which is going to rock. Um, <laughs> as far as, because, um, you know, uh, one of the reasons that you wanted to share your story was for people who are thinking about going through this and um, thinking about surgery and, and people who are frustrated about trying to lose weight and maybe a little bit, you know, upset or depressed or that type of thing. Um, you know, going through it, even just being a month um, after the surgery, you know, what are your thoughts um, at this point in your journey as far as, you know, going through it, looking back, saying, you know, going all the way back to saying, hey, you know, I've tried to lose weight and I've tried this and I've tried that and I decided to do surgery, I've done the surgery, I'm a month out um what what are your thoughts as as far as you know right now as far as you know trying to help or guide other people to uh, follow the path that, that you went through already well the the first thing that, that i that i want to say with regards to that is you know th- this isn't something you know to take lightly um obviously this this is a major surgery that you're going to undergo especially if you have the 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 full bariatric surgery like i had um, that this isn't a miracle cure for for your weight problem, um, and and by by no means is this an, an easy way out. Um, a lot of I've heard people refer to this as you know, you know you're lazy and this is just an easy way for you to you know to, to lose the weight. Um, it, it, it's by no means easy. Um, the diet that you're on prior to the surgery. Um, if you're committed to doing it, and before you even get to that point, I, I I would I would have to ask that anybody do the research. You know, read the pros and cons before you even you know go to a seminar or go to the seminar and listen to the pros and cons from the doctor himself or herself, and uh, you know see if if it's something that you're interested in. You know, if you're like me that that's tried diet after diet and you know tried you know, various different things, and, you know, you're to a point where you're in pain, you know, where you can't exercise, and, you know, you're ready to make that life choice and ready to make that decision to do it, then by all means, I I would suggest doing it. Um, But, again, like I said, it's not an easy process. Um, You go through a major surgery. um, It completely changes the, you know, the, the process of digestion in your body, which, again, I'm only a month out. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm eating for like a bird, <laughs> you know. Um, if you are if you love to eat and you don't think that this, you know, that you could ever give up those things, then this, this isn't the, the thing for you. Because if you if you can't commit to giving, giving up the foods that you love to eat, then you're going to have a problem after surgery, for sure. Um, I, I'm probably, I, I have a... Uh, like a, a physical therapy program that's going to be starting up once my doctor clears me to do it um, to, to help with the late weight loss. I think it's like a three-day week program. Um, and I, I actually look forward to that now because I, I'm I'm actually getting down to a weight where um, I can move around and, and it doesn't hurt to move around. I, I can walk and I, I can do things that I couldn't do before. Um, so if, if, 
you know, if, if that's you, if you're in pain and, and you and you got bad health problems, you know, think about it. Do research on it and find out for sure, you know, if this is something that you're interested in doing. But, but by all means, it, it's not going to be an easy road. And, you know, I, I, my, the only thing I can stress is the research, you know. Look, look what you're about to get into before you do it, because it, it's definitely not an easy decision. Well said. Well said. Uh, so with 10 minutes left, uh, so um, I'm going to officially start the annoying self-promotion of Friday, <laughs> December 31st, 2010, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the second annual Dr. Anonymous uh, New Year's Eve special. The first one was last year with Ben, and I don't even know how that happened last year, Ben. I think I think I, I was half-joking around about it, and you said, well, I would call in, and uh, that's kind of how it started. I, I I don't even know what happened then. I, I don't know. I know we had talked about it like I, I think we did a show, uh, like a Lama 80 show, and you had called in and we were joking around about it. And then uh, I, I think it all went downhill from there. <laughs> I have to actually listen back to the show, but it was it was fun for for people who haven't listened to it. I encourage you to listen to it. I'll probably put it back on my blog and stuff. And uh, so uh, so because the reason I started at 11:30 Eastern was that I wanted to do a two-hour show and I wanted to do midnight in the eastern time zone and then in the central time zone and i think uh, we did that and then uh then i just went to bed because i just uh was really tired yeah. uh but it was it fun was because we had, we, we had people Remember? call in and uh, report and yell at me and make fun of you and me and uh it was it was a good yeah. time yeah people were shooting at me in my old neighborhood remember oh that's right that's right yeah 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 <laughs> at, at midnight the the, the the people next door were shooting their gun and stuff. I was getting a little worried. I, I, I remember that. I remember that. I, I think you said something like, to the neighbors who uh, are shooting in the backyard, word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that, that was, uh, that was fun. So, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so if for people are going to be around on uh, New Year's Eve, even if you're out, just call into the show and, uh, uh, give us the report of what is uh, what is going on now. Now, Ben, you know I don't want to get in trouble, you know, with your fiance, you know, because you know, because you know you're, uh, you're going to be on the air that night, or is she going to be like, uh, you know, yelling at me, or, or you know, being really mad at me because because uh, you, you're actually going to be on my show? I don't know. We might just have to have her call in that night. <laughs> That'd be fun, right? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, for the New Year's Eve show, Doc, I was going to go pantless um, on the New Year's Eve show, not not because I want to go pantless, but because they don't fit and they won't stay up. (laughs) Well, I think we're actually (laughs) doing show prep. Jeez, that's crazy. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and, And before we close up the show tonight, I do want to start the trash talking. Uh, because J-Man's in the chat room, for the Sugar Bowl, January 4th, Ohio State versus Arkansas. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, uh, initial thoughts on the uh, Sugar Bowl there, uh, Ben? You know, I, I think I've seen that Arkansas was actually a point favorite in that game, but uh, as you know, the Ohio, Ohio State Buckeyes are, are going to win because we have such an awesome track record against SEC teams. Exactly. <laughs> 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 
Oh, yes. Yeah, and see, you go, and, and, and Jay has already, uh, already put that in the chat room here, so he'll call in and tell how bad Arkansas is going to beat uh, State. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've opened up the can. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a good game, I think. At least I hope so. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, maybe I'll even be really nuts and have a show that night and let people call in and yell at, yell at me. I don't know. Maybe Jay may <laughs> call in and... We can trash talk literally on the air. That'd be kind of that'd be kind of entertaining, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, let's see what's here. Arkansas is zero and three against the Big Ten. So that's that's the J Man report there. Well, that, so, that's uh, a little promising. And I think the Buckeyes are like zero and six against SEC teams in bowl games. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to MD Student Thirty One, uh, who's uh, joining us for the past last five minutes of the show. So uh, uh, welcome. Uh, so Ben, so I guess my last question is, uh, you know, the, your your radio show, you know, the the Woodshed Radio Show, Llama Eighty Show. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, is, is that on the roadmap anywhere as far as coming back to uh, Blog Talk Radio, or are you just going to crash my show? Well, you know, Dom has been bugging me about when when we're getting the band back together. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I I've been happy being on vacation. Um, of course, you know we we don't do show prep or anything on our show. We just kind of have a show and talk about whatever. Um, so I, I don't know. There, there might be a show in the near future. Uh, I was a little concerned there for a while because the I'm with Stupid show was was in my old time slot on Friday night. But I, I see they moved to Thursday, so that kind of opens it up so that we can come back and do a show again on Friday. Um, so I don't know. Just kind of keep your ears out. I, I might, I might have to find out what kind of schedule Jesse's doing these days because I haven't talked to him in a little bit. Uh, but Dom called me one day last week and was asking me about it. So it, it might be a possibility of a of a reunion show here coming up pretty soon. We'll have to wait and see. Hey, I, you know, I wouldn't even mind to have you know the uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> woodshed reunion show on my show. I, I would I would happy to be uh, to be the conduit for that if if you guys wanted to do that or care to do that or whatever. But I know you're going to do your own thing anyway, which is better. Uh, but uh, whenever that happens, I'm going to be there. Um, you know, because it was fun calling in uh, before because uh, you know I'm yeah. I'm a lot different than I am on this show. So. Uh, um, and unfortunately, you deleted all the shows, so my listeners can't uh, can't listen to what I actually because uh, you know, I, I, being a woodshed radio show wannabe, uh, coming in and uh, you know maybe even cursing a little bit, you know, just to yeah. Unfortunately, all the old woodshed shows are gone, but all the on eighty radio shows are still there. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so so we have uh, three minutes left here. So well, before we go, I do want to give a big shout out to uh, to the the J Man and Matt Man show, the I'm with Stupid show, coming up at the uh, top of the next hour at 11 p.m. Eastern time uh, here on uh, Block Talk Radio. So uh, if, you a, uh, if you had a chance to check out their show, uh, it's pretty entertaining stuff uh, at times. Uh, other times it just sucks. I blame Blog Talk. <laughs> Oh, um, so you have any uh, you have any profound uh, closing thoughts for us here, Ben, this evening before we close it up? Uh, you know, because we'll, we'll talk more during the New Year's Eve show. But uh, anything the only else for profound us here thought that I'd like to share is uh, 
You know, it, 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 it's been a, an interesting end of the year for me. Um, obviously, uh, my life is changing considerably. And uh, usually Christmas is kind of a, you know, more of like a depressing time for me, more so for some personal reasons. But, um, you know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, a fiancé this year and, uh, you know, a new family that that we're starting here. And uh, just if for anybody that's interested, I'm, I'm actually getting married on uh, November 11th of next year. Uh, 11, 11, All right. So uh, that, that's actually the wedding date. And uh, Dr. A, I, I, I'd be more than happy to send you a uh, invitation if you think you might be able to make it. Um, but I would, be, you know, I would be honored, sir. Yes. All right. Well, good deal. Yeah, I'll send you an invitation then. And then uh, you know, just my, my, you know, I'm always good for like a final thought. You know, with with Christmas coming up, you know, I just encourage everybody to. Uh, you know, hug their loved ones and appreciate, uh, you know, the Christmas spirit and enjoy the Christmas holiday. And uh, everybody knows I'm I'm the big joker and I like to joke around, but I, I can be serious too. And uh, to this, this, this little final thought is just a serious one. And I hope everybody has a, a Merry Christmas and, uh, of course, a Happy New Year. And uh, I expect everybody to be at the uh, second annual uh, Dr. Anonymous uh, New Year's show. <laughs> well, good. Um, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ben, for coming on. We've been talking about this uh, this interview and this show for months now, and uh, you know, I know I know we're going to carry on as as you continue your journey there. Uh, but uh, I want to thank you for for coming on and and, and sharing this part of the story. And then as we uh, go along, we're going to be doing a little bit more. But uh, you know, it it was great. I know a lot of people who are going to listen to this show and uh, you know learn from. From uh, from you and uh, uh, it was it was it was great talking to you about this because yeah most of the time we're just you know joking around and stuff but this was a a, a good show and, and I appreciate you coming on and talking about this. And I appreciate you having me, Doc, and I, I really appreciate you you know plugging my blog and stuff and you know if, if you happen to read my blog and and you enjoy what you what you're reading there I, I, that's what it's there for it's there to you know to help out other people that you know might be going through something similar and. You know, if you really enjoy it, I, I do appreciate you reading Great, great. Thanks for all. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, sir, and I will I will see you on uh, New Year's Eve uh, for the show. All right. See you then. All right, kids. So I have just a few seconds left just to give everybody a heads up in the uh, chat room. I will be doing a short post show before the J-Man show at the top of the hour. So I'll go to DrAnonymous.tv, and uh, I will see you in a few minutes. Good night, everybody.